So, follow-up. Follow-up. Welcome back to another invigorating episode of David and Aaron Save the World. Thank you. Indeed. Um, follow-up. Yes, this is interesting. I think this is the first time I've done follow-up. Usually you're the one that really? comes with follow-up, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I mean, we're only on episode four, but... <laughs> <laughs> This, this is this is new to me. This right, new. right. This is a momentous occasion. And so my, my follow-up that I wanted to bring up is related to follow-up from last time when you pulled out that giant box of pictures. <laughs> and uh-huh. you generously offered one of the many big turks that were in that box. And you ate it? And I did eat it. And? <laughs> and... It was amazing. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. When you were so excited about Big Turks. Yeah. I thought I had eaten Big Turks in Australia. Mm-hmm. It must have been some other, like, Turkish delight or something. Okay, yeah. It wasn't quite the same brand. The packaging looked different, at least. Maybe it was the same. I don't know. Yeah. But when I ate the Big Turk you gave me, yeah. it was so much better than any of the other candies I'd had before like it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I thought... I, I I didn't like the ones I had had in Australia, so I was just kind okay. of being nice, like, oh, okay, oh no, I'll take, I'll take this Turkish delight, even though they're kind of gross. I will eat this for you, only for you, but I will eat it. And then I was I was amazed, and I loved it. So my my question is, okay, the next time your girlfriend's family's in town and brings you big Turks, <laughs> can you have them smuggle me in some as well? Cause I I will I will request. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will definitely be willing to pay whatever the price is. I don't know how much you charge per kilo, but I uh, I charge a pretty hefty price. That's you can't get that here, you know. So I'll well, charge definitely less than Amazon does, though. You ever tried <laughs> to buy candy on Amazon? It's so expensive. I can't believe it. So I'll charge less than Amazon charges. Though. Well, that's good. I have I have tried to buy because in Australia, one of the things that's really different is they don't have ketchup what they have what's called tomato sauce as they would say it and <laughs> really yeah yeah and huh. it's it's like ketchup but it's a lot less sweet americans obviously make a lot of things sweeter yeah. than most people in the world it's sweeter and so like whenever i try and explain it to people they just don't understand the difference and I, I it's not something you can describe really well okay and there's certain things i actually liked it better on Oh, like, okay. they would eat a lot with, like, sausages and stuff. They don't really have hot dogs. They have more of, like, these sausages they grill and things. Right. And right. it worked really well with those types of things. But I tried to buy one of those on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, you know, 25 bucks or something crazy for a bottle. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm not buying that. I'm not paying that price. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely I mean, ridiculous. to be fair, it's coming across the ocean, but still. But, but no, but that, see, that doesn't – I'm not buying that because I could send – a flat rate package for less than that across the ocean. Well, maybe not, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. I can get China stuff for like a dollar. <laughs> like I should be able, and that's slow boated over. I don't even know if they which direction they go. Probably over the Pacific. I think so. For a dollar, <laughs> yeah. I guess perishables. Hmm. I, th- I think there'll be a point where we just have like a giant underwater tube or like shoot. That we can just throw packages through the ocean yes. and they just end up on our side. <laughs> like the <laughs> bank, like the bank, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. The transatlantic, yeah, bankers. Well, Trans Pacific, Trans Pacific, Trans Pacific, and Transatlantic. 
I guess for Australia, you need the Trans-Pacific, though. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking specifically from us to China, because we buy so much oh. stuff from them. <laughs> that okay, it probably okay. makes sense to probably invest some time just in some super fast transport system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much underwater tubing costs, but... <laughs> Dude. Nor, nor the hydraulic system it would take to, oh, to push things through there. But goodness, that would be amazing. No, you'd have to you'd have to do like like Elon Musk's um, Hyperloop. Oh yeah, yeah. Where each package is self-propelling because <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't yeah. pressurizing the whole tube and and doing all the stuff to get the tube to work. Ah, bother, bother. <laughs> just just each each canister has a rocket on it. <laughs> <laughs> Zip Your down. stuff will get there really quickly. It may not come intact, but we'll get there <laughs> as it yeah. crashes in on it, the other side. It, it broke apart near the halfway point, and uh, <laughs> we lost it. Sorry. <laughs> we, we were putting about 30 Gs on it, but <laughs> that's probably a little bit too much now, looking back. Looking back. Yeah, I wouldn't put people in that tube. No way. <laughs> Deadly dangerous. <laughs> Anyways, so Big Turks. Big Turks. Thumbs up. Got a Got a strong thumbs up from David on Big Turks. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And I will definitely try and get you more Big Turks. <laughs> on a side note with Big Turks, do you like orange sticks? Like the sweets? Orange I'll sticks? Not, not something I crave very often. Okay, okay. Have you had any of the other flavors? Had raspberry, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That one's a little bit better, in my opinion. But still, the like gelatin stuff, I'm not... A huge You're not fan. a big fan of the, like the texture and the the way the yeah. gelatin is. Okay, that's fair. They actually changed their formula recently. Oh yeah, and it's less good. I'm like, how could you guys do this? <laughs> it like now it like irritates my mouth just a little bit more. Like the back of my throat is like a little bit upset. Kind of like the same way Starburst do to me. Mm, okay, okay. And so I'm just like I'm a little bit sad, but it won't stop me from eating those. I just you know, <laughs> Big Turk is kind of like a jelly candy. I was like, oh, I wonder. If yeah, but. It, the texture is so much better. So much better. <laughs> fair, fair. It is super good. Next thing for you to try is a cherry ripe. I feel like that's one I have had oh, in Australia. Okay, okay, good, good. Is it is it uh is it a Cadbury product? I think so. Yeah, because that Cadbury was huge in Australia. Oh they, really? they were the, the candy king over there. Okay. So the man's if it's the Cadbury version, which I think it is, if I'm not mistaken, so, yeah, I've had yeah. it. It's yeah. the it's the it's like a a mound, but cherry. It's like a coconut. It's like chocolate covered coconut bar, but the coconut's also cherry flavored. It's red. Oh, maybe not then. <gasps> Don't worry, I have a bunch in my house. <laughs> I'll bring one for you to try. I'm, I'm not generally a fan of cherry, but really, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say because. Because with the orange sticks, there's orange, there's raspberry, there's cherry, there's also blueberry. Hmm. Blueberry might be my favorite. Interesting. But I will try. Not a big fan of cherry pie? Ch- cherry pie? How do oh, you just, feel about cherry <laughs> I thought pie? that was a candy you were referencing. No, no, <laughs> just, sorry, just sorry. general ch- cherry pie. Just cherry pie. No, I, I can't do it. This probably we probably should have talked about this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should have, David. I love cherry pie. It's one of my favorites. If, if this is terms for stopping the podcast, I, I understand. <laughs> I can tell how much this means to you. No, it's okay. I'll just bring cherry pie next time and I'll eat it all by myself. The next time I make you a cherry pie. <laughs>
Here you go, David. Oh, I don't like this stuff. Okay. <laughs> Pull it <you>. back. <laughs> Pull, pulls back and starts spooning into mouth. <laughs> the worst way to eat a pie, like just from the center. Just start eating it out of the center. That is not OCD friendly whatsoever. <laughs> Does that bother you, David? Yes. I can just envision it and I'm cringing already. <laughs> <laughs> Me with a big spoon. <laughs> Unequally spaced. It's not even just one hole. It's like multiple no, holes through the cherry pie. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to people. That's terrible. That's truly terrible. That like, would be awful. Take a bite out of one part and take a bite out of another part, all in the middle, and then like take some of the side off. And <laughs> just scrape out some of the crust on the bottom underneath the cherry filling because I wanted the crust and the. And see like the red juice like on top of the pan. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry. We we don't mean to make people cringe. We'll move on to something else. <laughs> Interesting. You but, don't like cherry. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I understand. I understand. I mean, I like, kind of understand. I feel like you're gonna have to have like some type of candy exchange program, like once a week, where you you <laughs> give me one of your candies that you like, and I try it, and I tell you whether it's good or not. Okay, okay. Because I, I like this. Because I have a more general taste bud. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not speaking for the world. I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, I don't know. I can't think of very many others. Oh, have you had the? It's a German candy. It's like this long and this wide. And flat, like a very flat, like almost like a Laffy Taffy, but like way flat. And it's got a similar texture to Laffy Taffy, but it's better. It it both holds together and separates better. So it's not like mm. it's not like Laffy Taffy where you like try to pull it apart and it's like mm. everywhere. Mm. Um, it's a lot sturdier, huh. and they're German. I think they're called Softig. I have not had this. Okay, I have to get you some because. <laughs> They changed my life for years. Okay, so I had these these candies once when I was a kid, like a really little kid. And for years I thought about them, and I loved them in my mind. And then one day, there's this store that opened up, and we went. As a family, it's like a fun, you know, all of the weird stuff from everywhere, all over the world. You know, they have little chocolate penguins, and mm-hmm. and they have this amazing candy section. And one day... The first day that we were there, we were walking around and I saw them and I remembered them and I got them and I ate one. It was amazing. It was just as good as I remembered from my childhood, <laughs> which is a rare occasion. And I was so happy. And then bells started sounding, birds were singing, <laughs> music rang. And... Yes, 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 definitely. <laughs> and you were and then a, and in then a I... fantasy land all on your own for about 10 minutes. No one could talk to you. Yep. They couldn't break you out of it. <laughs> As I consumed a whole box of softies. <laughs> Not a small box either, like a sizable box of just little candies. Oh, they're so good. I'll get some more. I've been meaning to get more, so I'll get more and I'll share them with you. Okay. And I will convert you to my ways. Sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> it means free candy for me. So <laughs> <laughs> True, true. I, I think that's fair. You know what? On on candy and, and sweets. I love candy and sweets. That's like my favorite thing. I can tell based on how many more. It seems like you have more and more stories that you can just keep telling. <laughs> I, I do. I just, I, I could go on like this forever. But we should, we should have a whole episode. The candy episode. <laughs> the candy episode. We can have candy here. Well, I mean, I've got a backpack. We can have candy here. <laughs> and 
don't tell them. Um, Not supposed to have candy in the sound booth. <laughs> we'd like open a candy bar and that guy from day one would come in. Be like, you're not supposed to have that. Sorry. <laughs> no, but there's there's a soda joint where they have like tons of candy and then like like all these different like brands of bottled uh, soda, like glass bottles. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. And I went there and I got a cookie dough soda and it was really? so fun fun is the best word to describe it <laughs> was it good <laughs> i liked it i liked it it was kind of <laughs> the strange. soda was fun but was it good <laughs> that's what i want to know <laughs> it was it was it was good i on, on a, a childish day i would buy <laughs> i would buy it again okay. when i was feeling very like i want something like like a day where i'd buy those wax soda bottle things and like a bit like big smarties like on a day like that i would buy that soda so, again so so i'm hearing is that soda was not good <laughs> <laughs> i guess i did just compare it with put it with those wax it tastes like smarties is what i'm, I'm sm- getting no, no it doesn't taste like smarties it just tastes like it's in this it's the same category oh, yeah. as smarties though so yeah, Not yeah, good. I think it is. I think it is. And then those, uh, man, those little wax, nasty little wax soda bottle things. The see, bottle caps. Not the, not the. Well, because there's the bottle caps by Wonka. They're like right, right. Those are really good. I really like the root beer flavor of those. Those ones, ones are good. Yeah. But there's like the, they come in a little package and there's f- like four different bottles. And oh, they're, they're like colored. little mini bottles. So, yeah, they're like yeah, little baby yeah. bottles, but they're like wax, and you like have to like bite the wax off to get the juice out of the inside but then i guess originally like they were intended for like you could just chew on the wax like it was supposed to be like ew (laughs) like it's food safe wax so like sounds nasty (laughs) dude they are (laughs) they're terrible (laughs) i don't like i remember them from my childhood and then i get them and i'm like it's sugar inside wax i'm like not good not good at all but it's a memory do you remember those little barrels? Little yes. barrel drinks? Those are awesome. Yes, those are good. I love those. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I digress. Yes, all good things. Um, my other bit of follow-up. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my other bit of follow-up that I want to talk about mm-hmm. is as I've been going back and have been editing all of the episodes, mm-hmm. I realized how much sometimes it sounds like we're complaining about everything in the world. <laughs> and so I just want to make it clear to people, me and Aaron are both very, like, optimistic, happy-go-lucky people. <laughs> we are, we're generally not complaining about trivial things in life, but the podcast is, like, a perfect place to do that. So right. we normally wouldn't complain about things so trivial. <laughs> like, it really doesn't upset us as much as it may sound like it does yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. So. I have to, yeah. I definitely, I agree with that because every time I like, I've been showing like members of my family some snippets of the podcast to kind of, and they, they love it. But, because they're my family. But every time I'm listening to it over and over again, like I'll listen to one section. I listen to the dress store story mm-hmm. like four times. <laughs> and by the fourth time, I was so. You get kind of like mad at yourself, like listening to yeah, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so I was like disconnected from that person that I was when I recorded. I was like, 
that was not me. That's not my idea. Like, <laughs> I like going to the dress store with my girlfriend. I like I I like doing this. Like, I complained so much about it, but it, I enjoyed my time. Like, it was a good time. I made it sound like it was just the worst time ever. <laughs> yeah. But I had fun. I was doing things I didn't mind, really, truly, deep in my heart. Right. It was fine. But we do sound very complaining sometimes. Yeah, I, when I was listening to myself, I had the same thought of like, who is this whiny brat on the show? <laughs> like, he should be grateful for all the things he has, but he's this whiny little kid, man. Right, right. But I yeah. So mm-hmm. we we are again discussing lighthearted, trivial topics generally. Yeah. So yes, yes. Hopefully, we don't come across too much as being complainers. Or right, right. We're not. Thing. We're not cynical. We're happy people. I promise. We we are happy. I've been. I've been thinking about that a lot, and I've been thinking and trying to find, trying to find content for a section of the podcast where we discuss a problem well solved rather than mm-hmm. a problem to be solved. If I could begin this section, <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly thing. Do you remember at like Walmart and stuff? There was this big bin of like these plastic weird looking plastic things that have like a slot and like a a bowl shape on them. And I saw them and I was like, what is that monstrosity? And I go over and I pick it up and within a few seconds, I figured out what it was. It was a holder for like a popsicle, like a popsicle stick slides into the slot and then when your pop, you can't eat your popsicle as fast as it melts, because that's my problem usually. The drips, dri- the drippings, come and fall into the cup, into the bowl shape. Ah, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I see it. And so you have this little plastic holder. Your hand doesn't get messy. You can eat your popsicle at whatever speed you want, as long as you don't eat it too slowly. And you don't ever have to touch the stick. That is brilliant. Right? <laughs> Why did I think of that? <laughs> that's, what, that's one of those things where I can't believe I didn't think about that. That's that's genius. And they were selling them for like a dollar a piece. Like that dude's making a dollar on this little piddly piece of plastic. That is solving many problems for many people. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I can see some technical application problems, but for the most part I was like this this is a problem well solved. <laughs> I was going to say First thing that came to my mind is, what if the popsicle's not shaped right on the bottom? <laughs> but many problems, many problems. But that, that's okay. It's 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 it might be the first generation of its kind, and <laughs> the first of many to follow in the optimal package for popsicle. What would you call that? Um, popsicle holder. I was hoping for a cooler name. Pop, um, <laughs> the pop handle. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> of pop handles. To handle your pop. Super pop. Well, handles. to handle your popsicle. Not your pop, because they already have those, too. We'll follow the same naming convention of, like, video game consoles. It'll be, like, pop handle, super pop handle, pop handle 64, <laughs> pop handle 360. I love and it. And then it goes back to pop handle 1 for some reason. <laughs> We don't know why. And then pop handle infinity. And, <laughs> and then pop handle. Just to go back to the original, you know. You've run out of names. So. <laughs> by that by that time, it has its own, like, cooling unit. 
right. on the holder so your popsicles can't melt it as you're melts. eating it. Right. <laughs> if you drop some, it 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 either vaporizes it before it hits the floor, or it catches it. You know. You'll have a couple different options. <laughs> That's an accelerometer on it that <laughs> determines if it's falling, and so it like brings this metal casing around the popsicle, <laughs> and so it doesn't spill or anything. Yes, like we used to have on laptops that were like froze the hard drive if it fell. Oh <gasps> yeah, but for, for popsicles, <laughs> yeah, freezes the popsicle quick. It makes it no, it just makes it. It just freezes it all the way a lot, so it just falls like a rock, and it just doesn't break. It doesn't do anything. It just. But it shoots like a an encoding on the popsicle that will melt off That'll for melt. any germs that were on the floor or anything. Yes. And then you can yeah. pick it up and yes. that all melts off and goes away. You could have a, like a parachute, like an ejection system. <laughs> too. It starts falling and it's just like, poof, and then a little parachute, and it floats down to the ground inside of metal casing and, a, and, a, and, a, and an encoded freezing capsule. So that... I believe that is a problem well solved, and I, I hope for many more problems like that to have good solutions. Yes, and definitely a good solution that doesn't involve a $300 cooling unit and accelerometer <laughs> system for a popsicle handle. I think pop handle V1 is good for right now. Is it, yeah, it's a good starting place for, yeah. the, for the future of $10,000 <laughs> pop handles. Someday, someday gold-plated, you know, indestructible... <laughs> Self-cooled. It'll be like Apple Watches. You can get like the the gold band if you want on your yes. Apple Watch. You can get one, a gold pop handle, <laughs> twelve carat or whatever it may be. Right, right. Solid <laughs> gold or solid platinum or, and there's like this the base aluminum version, that's just you know, just, just, just for your common man. Right, right. Just if you needed a pop handle, you could yeah. you know, buy the two thousand dollar <laughs> aluminum. Stuff cooled pop handle, easy, easy. <laughs> the more, the more affordable option for everyone. <laughs> right, right. I mean, your thirty thousand dollars solid gold one is going to be a little pricey. So you didn't really need that car, did you? I mean, no. you, could, you could get a loan for your your gold plated pop handle. <laughs> if you get a car and you don't get a pop handle, you know what's going to happen? You're going to spill your popsicle. You're mm. going to drop it in your car. Then what? Pop handles. Indeed, indeed. The future. Yeah, I, I like your idea of, yeah, maybe incorporating problems will solved at some point. We'll have to think that through. But yes, pop handle, definitely. Pop handle. A good problem well solved. <laughs> well, now that we've finished up talking about how we shouldn't be complaining as much, let me start off with complaining about something that really irked me this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Again, something probably trivial that... I wouldn't normally complain about it to most people. But I think this is a problem that should be solved. So. It, it is a problem that should be solved. Every problem is a problem that should be solved. And this is a problem for you. And it should be solved, David. I'm glad you're saying that, even though you have no idea what I'm going to say about it. <laughs> That's true. I should probably hold my tongue. <laughs> so here's the story. I was going through some of my old stuff this week. And... I happened upon some old CDs for some old PC games that no. I used to like as a kid. That's amazing. And I pulled them out. I'm like, no way. Like, I haven't played these in ages. Right. And which which games were they? 
So just for context, again, keep in mind, <laughs> this is when I was very young. Okay. But the the first one was Jumpstart Third Grade Mystery Mountain. Thank you. Have you played that game before? That's amazing. I have not played that game. I had a different, I think I had a different set of, of those, those kind of games, yeah. though. I know exactly the kind of game you're talking about. <laughs> but Mystery Mountain was way better than all the other Jumpstart games because your, your main... You can see why I would like this. Your, your main like <laughs> person that helps you out in the game is a robot, uh, and you're trying to help all the other robots kind of like take control back of Mystery Mountain because <laughs> the professor's daughter has like used it for evil purposes, and she has access to a time machine, and she's changing the past, what? and you're trying to help fix it. And anyways, it's that's that an awesome game. Incredibly involved for <laughs> such a yeah. such a such a game. It was hard for a third grade game. It was way beyond what most third graders should be <laughs> capable of. But that's why I loved it because like yeah, it, it challenged me and it was a fun game. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I pulled it out, and that one I was actually able to get to work on Windows 10, which I was surprised. I was amazed. I was really, like, it was it was running in like. You know, 256 color mode with 640 resolution, 640 <laughs> by 480. Right, it's like a little tiny screen on your huge monitor. Yeah. You're like, hmm. Yeah, I finally figured out how to get it to go full screen. It's still a crappy resolution. But, <laughs> right, right. Just but like, it works, and it was awesome. And I still played it, and I still enjoyed it, even right. though it was, you know, meant for third graders. But That's beautiful, David. But That's it was beautiful. A, it's a great game. Good music, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I've been listening to the playlist for the soundtrack on YouTube, and that's actually a really good soundtrack <laughs> for just, like, studying. So. I'm... I think I'm more amazed by the fact that the playlist is on YouTube rather than that you listen to it. I'm like, what? Somebody put it on YouTube? Someone else has good taste, too. So they understand. You have to send me this playlist. Okay. I have to listen to this. They understand how amazing Mystery Mountain is, obviously. Right, right. They, They feel similarly. So I was really excited about that. And I played the game, and it was awesome. It was nostalgic. But... I found another game, also very old. It's a. It was based on the animated Batman series from the 90s. Oh. And it was one of those activity centers game where it's like you, you solve like jigsaw puzzles and do like the matching game yeah. and those types of things, but they're all based on whatever the theme is. And this one, it was the Batman show. Batman. Okay, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. Re- again, really simple game. Mm-hmm. But I played that game all the time, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> But this one did not work on Windows 10. Bummer. And I remember this game very specifically, and I wanted to play it again because it's where I first learned the Towers of Hanoi problem. Do you know that? Which one is that? You have, like, three different stacks, and there's a set of rings that get from bigger to smaller. Yeah. And you have to move the tower from one stack to the other stack without having to place a smaller disc a below a, a larger disc or a larger disc on top of a smaller disc. Right, right. And yeah. So you have to move the discs in such a way that you get the tower from one end to the other. Okay, yeah. Anyways, it's a really famous problem, and um, it's actually really easy to solve. <laughs> it's very periodic. It has a very simple pattern. That you yeah, call. I can and kind of, I'm working out the pattern in my head as <laughs> yeah. we're talking. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can yeah. see it. But anyways, it, that was the first time I'd learned that game was on that, that Batman game. Okay. And so that was one of the, things I was trying to see and wanted to do. and um, So I, I really wanted to get this game to work, and I couldn't get it to work on Windows 10. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was like, well, 
I've used virtual machines before on my <laughs> laptop. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's basically where you get this little program on your computer and you install a new operating system and it acts inside this program. You may be running Windows 10, but you have another window open that's running another operating system. Right. And Windows basically has released all the operating systems before Windows XP. Really? Because they know that they're not worth anything anymore. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can use. Cool. What if somebody takes it? Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. You can find really old operating systems like Windows 95, Windows 98, DOS, those types of things just online. And wow. so I was okay, like, yeah. I'm going to set up a Windows 98 virtual machine on my computer so yeah. I can run this old game. Easy. So I download the, the operating system. I set up a virtual machine on my laptop, go through the setup, which still took like an hour, surprisingly, because, what? I don't know, <laughs> it just still ran really slow. <laughs> For some reason. They probably only allotted out of your computer like it was probably only using what a Windows 98 computer would have yeah, used probably. out of your big, strong Windows 10 computer. So. I tried to give it more on the virtual machine, but it probably just doesn't, the system probably doesn't even know what to do with, you know, one gigabyte of RAM because it never has seen that. <laughs> right, it's like, holy moly, what's, what is, what's all this space of RAM? I don't know what to do with all this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I run the setup. Everything's good. I put the disk in to run the program run yeah. this Batman game. Yeah. And I look at the operating system and the operating system is running in 16-bit color mode. Or not, sorry. It's running in just 16 color mode, not 256 color mode, which the game apparently needed to run. And so it still okay. didn't run on that old Windows 98 machine. What? And, like, I looked up tutorials and all these things to see if I could, like, update the graphics driver. Right. I tried, like, two of them. Both of them just, like, crashed my system. And really? I still couldn't get this game to run. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's I'm amazed at how hard it is to get old games to run like that. So I did, I did eventually, after, like, three or four tutorials, finally found one that worked. Okay, yeah. I was able to get it to run. But the sound quality was still pretty bad. But I was really excited because it ran. Yeah. But only one game in the system did not work. And it was that Towers of Annoy game that I wanted what? to play. No. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to, that's the whole reason I installed this, because I wanted to see this old Towers of Annoy game that it had on there. Right, right. And anyways, Naturally. many hours drained <laughs> trying to get yeah. this thing work, and it just didn't work. And it still didn't, that's the only game you wanted was the only one that didn't work. And kind of like you were saying, I, I'm surprised how hard it is to get old games to work. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a very specific era of games that is hard to get to work. And it's yeah. that era around the late 90s. Because games that were like 95 and before, every one of them usually just ran on DOS. And you can get a pretty good emulator for DOS. DOSBox is a big one that a lot of people use. Okay. There's, there's online websites that will run DOS games for you. Like, <laughs> those are really easy to get. Yeah. Anything that was designed for like Windows XP and onward, Will usually run on Windows 7 or Windows 10. Like, yeah. Those games are fine. But it's that era in between DOS and Windows XP where it's really hard to get a lot of those games to work. Right. And I was just noticing that today. I was frustrated mm-hmm. that there, there, there wasn't anyone online that had, like, an emulator for it or anything like that. There's just, there's no, there's no simple setup to run that era of games. Right. It seems like. And, and the other thing that was interesting is, I was thinking about, too, 
It's also the era where a lot of things started going from VHS to DVDs. And there's a lot of, like, VHSs in that time frame that kind of just disappeared and never made it to DVD. And we don't have any, like, digital copies of them either. So, like, for example, um, did you ever watch the Hercules animated TV show? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think Uh, so. Disney Disney did this uh, TV show of Hercules. Yeah. And, like... High school, okay. he goes to like Promethean Academy, and he runs into Icarus. I do remember, you remember this? Now? I didn't watch it, but I remember yeah. that. I still, yeah. I have this VHS of that show. Um, <laughs> that was just like Disney did this a lot back then, where they would like they would just put like three episodes of their TV shows onto a VHS, yeah. and try and connect them in some way or something like that. Something really simple, just to kind of like promote the TV show. Mm-hmm. But I have. Very fond memories of that VHS. It's called Zero to Hero. And there's no <laughs> there's no way to get it on Amazon or DVD, no really? cloud streaming. There's a couple of like shady websites that have uploaded it <laughs> that will put tons of viruses on your computer when you do. Right. But right. but there's there's no way to access that material. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I'm getting robbed because I grew up in that late nineties <laughs> era. And, like, none of my childhood in many aspects is accessible in that time frame. That's so sad. So I guess my question or my problem here is obviously the late 90s is very important to me. (laughs) But in general, I feel like there's a lot of things that could be, like, digitally archived in some way. Oh. And we haven't done that. And so is there a way we could save the world by making sure information doesn't get lost. Childhoods don't get, you know, destroyed. lost and destroyed in these. Right. But by no fault of their own, just simply through neglect. Right, right. That's <laughs> poor. I see this problem where there's, there's the time where you were introduced to it, that you loved it as a child. And then there's a building time where things changed and you loved it, but you didn't know things were changing. And then now that you're on the other side of the change, there's almost no way to go back. Right, That's the right. problem that you're facing is that you still love this thing and you have the ability, the technicality, you have the ability to go back and save these things, but there's no bridge back. You can't. Right. You know how to, but you cannot. It's right. gone. I like that. I like that. And that is, I I agree. I have similar feelings <laughs> with some of those old, old games. Steam actually saved me. By oh, yeah. bringing Roller Coaster Tycoon, the original Roller yes. Coaster Tycoon. Yes, yes. That was one I downloaded right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steam sale, like, five bucks. I was like, yeah, buy the whole pack. Buy everything. <laughs> they had locom- Did you ever play Locomotion? I didn't get that far, but... That one was the bomb. Even though when I played it... As, see, these games, they were amazing, but as a child, I was not capable of actually playing <laughs> them all the way, you know? Like, I had these games, but I couldn't play <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, I just... Got tired after about 30 minutes and then made mm-hmm. the roller coasters shorter than they were supposed to be and, like, <laughs> had people fly off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Crash. Because <laughs> that's hilarious when you're, like, seven oh, years yeah. old. Yeah. The worst, okay, the worst was the dinghy slide, though. Yes. <laughs> because if you screwed up once, this was my least favorite thing. Because what would happen if you had a drop and then a, a bump? What would happen is if the bump was too severe, the the, the sled would come off the track. And smash into the rest of the coaster. And and the problem was not that that happened. 
because I could deal with that. I could redesign the coaster. That's fine. <laughs> the problem was that once it crashed, then this coaster, this this dinghy slide, is stuck in a crashed state, uh-huh. and you can't get it out of the crashed state. You can't fix the coaster. You can't re. You have to rebuild the coaster. Mm-hmm. So you just you have to delete the whole thing and start again. <laughs> and it's the most frustrating thing because you just barely finished it, and the time has been going, so you've been losing money on it anyway. This is a new frustration and an old frustration that I've had with this game. Anyway, back to what's important. So there are these things, and and some companies have been able to to save them, like Roller Coaster Tycoon and Steam. Steam has been kind of they, they saved some of the things for games, but that's not a broad enough solution. Steam is not. I'm I'm thinking for your problem along the lines of what Wikipedia has set up, but not quite. Wikipedia has a an online index of topics that are extensive, pretty much all-inclusive of all the things that we know something about. Like, you can find almost anything on the Wikipedia, and it's open to everyone to edit and to, to add information, so it's this huge database of information. But it's not, it's not the right kind of information. It's all, a lot of text information, just a lot of... It's like a dictionary for... It's like, it's an encyclopedia. That's what it is. It's like it's like the world book, but on the internet and bigger, a lot bigger. And that's not a good enough solution for your problem. You need something more. I do. <laughs> I agree. I think the way that I see the way that comes to mind is a data center, but not just any data center center. A data center to rival all other data centers. <laughs> a server system that can support the entirety of the digital information of this world. That's what you need. Sounds simple enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too not too hard. I, I agree that would probably solve the, the problem right. <laughs> if you could set that up. I, I mean, there, there's kind of two unrelated problems here. Okay. The first problem is kind of what you're talking about is that all I, – I feel like, especially with things being digital, mm-hmm. there's so much human effort that has been expounded for games and movies and all these types of things mm-hmm. in the past that anything that's digital, because it's so simple to back up something digitally, yeah. I feel like it should be pretty easy to have this stuff available somewhere. Yeah. Right. Whatever that system may be. The huge data center. Yeah. Has every digital file that ever existed in the world. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's indexed very nicely. Indexed yeah. very nicely. That's not that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah, it's, it's simple. <laughs> but the other problem is having ways to access that and having ways to, you know, play those old games, watch those old shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That doesn't involve using shady sites that people have uploaded illegally. Right, that right. content. And so one, what, one thing I would like to see is, for example, going back to the Windows 98 games, for example. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for Windows 10 to be backwards compatible with those games, understandably, because you have to upgrade this, the hardware. And as you make those upgrades, you have to lose some backwards compatibility because you're not going to allow for your architecture to play 
16-bit games when you're running 64-bit games and that type of thing. So that's right. understandable. Yeah. But it seems like Windows 98 is a small enough system <laughs> that we have so many other cloud-based systems that why not have Windows 98 servers and Windows 2000 servers and these types of things where you, I don't care if it's like a paid subscription or something, whatever it may be, however mm-hmm. you want to fund this. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just like sign into some server and have access to that library and start playing those games that are stored on a Windows 98 server? Right. That and makes perfect sense. That would be amazing. I don't know if it would be profitable, <laughs> but no, it, would no. be a, it would be amazing because I feel like we have enough technology and a lot of those games are so simple. Yeah, that we should be able to access them. Oh yeah, we definitely. There is no question in my mind that that is that is <laughs> easily doable. That's nonsense that we couldn't do it. I could wrestle up a Windows ninety eight computer, plug it into the wall, and have it play your games for you. Like that's not the problem. Yeah. The problem is funding, because because with our data center, you can just lop off a section of servers for for old operating systems <laughs> that that just you know, run the old operating systems on those servers. It really wouldn't, in all honesty, it really wouldn't take that much space per, like, Windows 98 machine. Like, no, yeah. The, the whole download file for Windows 98, when I did it, was, like, 200 megs or something, you know? Like, <laughs> really? It was really small. I mean, oh, these snap. are small systems. Yeah, that's tiny. Yeah, so that should that should work. And I'm just sad that that hasn't happened. Indeed, indeed. Because it... Because it's much more burdensome for me to try and get that to work on my machine with all the drivers yeah. and all that. Yeah. Than yeah. it would to be just to set up a general purpose one. Gen- yeah. And just and just go over the cloud and access it and run it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because these aren't these aren't complex games. <laughs> they, no. And they don't require stunning visuals, so you wouldn't lose no. a ton from the bandwidth and that type of thing. Right. Right. In terms of videos. Though, going back to that Hercules TV show, for example. (laughs) Yeah. I do have a little bit of a beef with Disney. (laughs) Okay. Because they're really bad at allowing access to their copyrighted material and shows and movies. They like to keep things in the Disney vault so they can release them later and make a ton of money when they make some terrible live-action version of their show nowadays. (laughs) Ruins my childhood. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. but I feel like we should have this regulation with copyright. We talk about copyright a lot, or a lot of people talk about copyright with this idea that you don't want to, you don't want to limit the ability of someone to make money off of their copyright material. That's why copyright exists, right. so that the original maker of the material gets the most amount of possible income from that material and that type of thing. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. That makes sense. Yeah. But I get really mad when we still enforce copyright and that person is not selling the copyrighted material in any way, shape, or form. Okay. So, so for example, old TV shows, video game soundtracks, that type of thing. Uh, okay. I feel yeah. like we should be enforcing rules that people that have that copyright also should have means of letting people access it if they no longer intend in using it for making money. Okay. Or if they want to hold on to that copyright, they should at least have like a date that it will be accessible or something like (laughs) 
we right. shouldn't let this material just fade away. Right. Because a lot of the times it's, I'm not making money on it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Yeah. And then the material just kind of gets lost after that. Right. Like the Hercules TV show. I don't see Disney ever making money off no. of that ever again. If they do, if anyone from Disney is listening to this, let me know. Because I want to know the day that you're planning on using the Hercules TV show again. Seriously, just send it over. We'll, <laughs> we'll fully support it on our podcast. Yes. But if you're not going to make money off of it anymore, then make it accessible. Or go make money yeah. off of it. You know, like people yeah. want it. Right, right. Then... It, it just it just makes me mad that we allow things that are copyrighted to kind of fade away for the sake of copyright. Because I'm sure people have tried uploading it to YouTube and that type of thing, and I'm sure Disney's taking it down. Yeah. They're yeah. they're really strict on that type of thing. They just thumbs down, copyright it, and yeah. throw a copyright infringement complaint and yeah, but it's if, game over. But if the whole point of copyright is to allow the people that should be making money on it to make money on it, and they're not using it to make money then what's the point of the copyright? Or what's the point of restricting it if you're not going to be using it anymore? So okay. okay. On those older TV shows and that type of thing, and or soundtracks and stuff like that in general. Yeah. I'm just like, let's let's let out people to access it or make money on it, you know? If, right, if, I'll right. pay for that stuff if you let me pay you for it. <laughs> if you let me have it. Right. I agree with you mostly. I mostly okay. agree. What's I've your... got. I've only got one problem, and it's the same problem that, like, it's not a problem. It's how I feel in my own personal life, and it's that, like, I have things that I've created, and I don't really want to sell them, but I also, well, I guess if I could sell them, I would, but <laughs> if I could, but the idea behind the, the copyright, I I I think it's true mostly. It's for it's for the ability to protect your ability to make money on the things that you create. Like no one can just take my photo if I copyright my photo. Like this is my photo and I've copyrighted it and you will not take this and make money off of it because it's mine. That's illegal. But I think even more so it's, it's, it can be used almost a step further to really actually, the name is copyright, you know, protect the right of copy. It's also the right to own the content completely not just you know it's not content that's free to the world or that's paid to the world like that that is a paid content for the world it's your content for your stuff and you 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 enforce the copyright to say this is mine and i will do with it what i please right and and i agree with that but you're you're thinking the scenario of like my personal things that i have made which i understand yeah but we're talking about things that have already been publicly released at some point for making money. Okay. So once you've done that, you've allowed your work to go out to the world at mm-hmm. one point already. Okay. Okay. So what's the point at retracting retracting that content back to yourself right. and saying, I don't want anyone to see this anymore? With no intent of... With no intent of ever every, selling again. Right. Because I can see the, the old Disney classic movies, how they how they do increase the value of it by retracting it and giving it back and retracting it and giving it mm-hmm. back. But that makes sense for, for stuff that just it's retracted and disappears into the, the abyss of information loss that just happens. Yeah. And there's okay. some, there's some that Disney has retracted. One of the big examples is song of the South. 
I don't know if you know this. Mm -mm. You cannot find Song of the South anywhere. Really? Really old Disney movie because it has a lot of, you know, racial stuff that's not proper nowadays. It's not acceptable. Wow. And that I still, I'm still not sure how I think about that because it's like, if it's historical content, should we be retracting it? I don't know. It's obviously ideas that we do not promote anymore and are not socially acceptable. Right, right. But but it's if it's historically accurate to the ideas of the day, do we should we still allow it as something that you can historically reference? Ooh, that's a good. That's a that's a rough question. That may need, right that there. may need to be something we talk about <laughs> at a different time. Yeah, I need to think but on that one. That one I can understand Disney saying we want to retract this. We don't want the public to access this anymore because it doesn't show the ideas and the values of Disney right now. Right, right. That we, makes we, sense. We do not. We no longer. We no longer condone these types of views and that type of thing. So right. that makes sense. But if it's something like again, like the Hercules TV show, or some of these old cartoons that don't have anything that's you know morally you know, <laughs> backwards, morally backwards or unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, that's better. Then. Then, then why? Then why not allow it to be accessed? That oh, that's my my go to. Allow okay. access for copyrighted material if it no longer, if it has been publicly released before, mm-hmm. and it no longer is being used to make money. Then why not release it to the public? Okay. Yeah. That's my question. Okay. I don't have an answer. For <laughs> I have a solution for the problem, though. Okay, let's hear that's what we're all about here on Save the World. <clears throat> on our data center. Okay. Our great data center. It has everything in the world. Yes, yes. <laughs> that it stores one. as much digital information as we can reasonably pack into the biggest data center in the history of time. On top of that, what we could have is a management system. So old content could be still behind like okay so there's a i see this almost in my head it's almost worked out all the way but there's a there's the, the data itself on the lowest level and then on the highest level there's the owner of the of the information the mm-hmm. the people who own copyrights the, the people who created the information and the idea behind the data center is to almost back pretty much back everything up okay in the world <laughs> Okay, to the data center. Yeah, to save it all. And so what's happening is it's going straight in. And then on another leg, imagine a tripod. I wish I had a diagram for this. I just, (laughs) I can't, I can see it in my head now. So there's, there's the user, there's the, there's the producer and there's the data center. So all information is being backed up to the data center from, from producer to data center. And information is available to the user through behind a paywall from the producer. My idea is to put almost like an optional paywall on the data. Not on all data, but on owned copyrighted data. Like legacy material that is no longer used. Right, so right, you could exactly. Like categorize it. And Disney could say, look, this is all the stuff we're never going to use again. So if you want it, you can pay us. A dollar or two per episode, or whatever it may be. Right, right. Some can... some small price because I mean they're not looking to make money. The goal of this is not to make a lot of money. That's the di- that's the direct connection between the producer and the user. Mm-hmm. 
but as a means of both funding the data center and of giving back to the producers for uploading to the data center. So it both funds the data center and gives interest and, I don't know, like a, a solid basing for companies to want to, to, to put into the data center. You put it behind an optional paywall for the user so that the companies decide or the copyrighted material is decided decidedly behind that paywall. And, I mean, you need a team of people to keep up with that and to yeah. make sure that, you know, things are updated so that you don't have stuff that really shouldn't be behind a paywall behind a paywall. As soon as copyrights are released, like, that data is just released. Like, it's not right. behind the paywall anymore because there is the, the huge free section of free information that nobody... That, that, that everyone can access. Anyone can access that information. You know, like right. Windows 98, Windows 95, just operating <laughs> system files. Like, bam, they're all there. They're ready to go. But Hero to Zero from, from Disney. <laughs> it's, it's Zero to Hero, but zero to I like hero, that. Hero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, falling I'm sorry. I promise I watch Hercules a lot as a kid. Anyways, good Zero to Hero. <laughs> For that kind of content, you know, it's still copyrighted and the, the company still owns it. And ideally what we'd want is for the company to have some incentive to back up all their data on the data center, on the great monstrosity <laughs> that we will create. Not not actually create, but anyway. <laughs> Someone else will take care of it. Right. And that'll give, them, that'll give them reason to back it up. One, because they can get a small amount of gain from it because it's behind a paywall. Like people can, you know... I would say set it up under the Disney head. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is Disney's content. Like, we've contracted with Disney, and for $5 a month, you can access Disney's content. Or for $10 a month, you know, you can access all of Disney's content. You can you can use it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can't download it, because that would mess up copyright, I think, maybe. But anyway, you'd have people <laughs> contracting yeah. contracting out these these paywalls for people to access the data. And if there was no contract, then the copyrighted material could not be given to the user from the data center. Like, you'd have to have that. You'd have to have a contract already between the data center and the producer of the content to give that access, unless it's totally free of copyrights and totally free of ownership. I think that would work. Again, the problem is all about the money. <laughs> money, <laughs> who's right. Gonna, who's going to set up the data center? Right, who's right. Who's going to make so that's, sure it gets funded? That's where the money for the data center comes from, is from the users. I mean, uh, or initially building the data center, I think the good of humanity has to provide, <laughs> have to, has to scrounge up a couple dollars. Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calling all of humanity to get us $30, $30 billion for our data center. Like, we need this money. We need the data center. You guys don't understand. Your all childhoods could, could be destroyed if you don't. <laughs> right. We need... This thing, and you guys have to help us with this thing. And then, and then once we have the Kickstarter that funds <laughs> the entirety of the build of the data center, then it will continue to self pay pay for itself via the user's subscription fees, because because some of the subscription fees and some of the content fees will go towards the data center, keeping the data center power going. You know, make sure yeah. the power company doesn't shut down the power. That's important. That's really important. <laughs> Keep the power going. Keep the lights on. Keep the keep the janitors working. Keep the keep the people making contracts getting paid. You know, people gotta get paid. People gotta make right. a living. Somebody's gotta get paid. But really, like, no, the data center itself doesn't actually make a lot of money. Like, it doesn't. It does. It's not a growing company. It's just a. It's just an entity that 
that feeds itself and that's mm-hmm. all it's fine it's it's by itself and and then the leftover money from the different subscriptions goes out to the out to the supplier of the content so that they can be edified with money right. which is what which is what moves corporations that's what moves corporations is money <laughs> i agree <laughs> now we just need to start talking to some ceos <laughs> Get them in on this. I think they'll be pretty willing. I think. I think so. I think so. I can't see any reason why anyone would be sad about this, except for maybe the initial cost of building the data center. <laughs> That's the only hurdle that I see. But I think a proper campaign done by, you know, many nations together. <laughs> yeah, get the United Save Nations nostalgia. In on this. Exactly. <laughs> Save nostalgia. We need this data center. <laughs> save all of your childhood memories. This is what we need. And then we just contract out stuff and build an underground bunker that's, yeah. that's <laughs> safe and resistant and, and hidden it's well and secured and and just upload all the data that ever was <laughs> and then continue to upload, continue to expand. I can see, you know, leaders of great nations, you know, coming to tears when they hear about the idea and realizing that their childhood <laughs> could also be saved. You know, stern, you know, gruff, <laughs> right, right. leaders just bawling as they hear the idea. <laughs> they immediately go and campaign themselves right. for this data center. For the data center. <laughs> and, then, and then we will raise the money necessary because, gosh by golly, it's not that much money when you're talking about nations. <laughs> It's only $30 billion. Like, that's not that much. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and that's that's based on our, you know, large experience in building data centers. It's obviously going to be about, about $30 billion. About $30 billion, you know, give or take, you know, $40 trillion. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, I'll talk to Russia if you'll talk to the United States and the EU. <laughs> or should we just meet fair. at the no, UN? I think just the UN, that's the way to go. Okay. I I mean, maybe uh, we might not get any movement from them, but but I think the UN would be the place to start. Should we see if we can get a time slot with them to (laughs) present? (laughs) Yes. I know you're all wondering why I gathered you here together today. (laughs) (laughs) It's for nostalgia and the preservation of our childhoods. (laughs) Immediately, everyone in there. Come to tears as they listen to you. Right, as I give a stirring speech. <laughs> Wearing a t-shirt with the old Windows logo. Yes. <laughs> and you can just stand behind me with with another, the, the logo for um, Zero to Hero on, on another t-shirt. Just The Promethean Academy. Yes. School flag. <laughs> this is all we need from you people. This is all we need. And if you can deliver, we will be forever grateful <laughs> we, we keep saying that but we're probably way younger than most of the people in the UN we probably should be wearing like oh know, that's 70s true. or 60s stuff oh but I don't know anything we'll, we'll come to that bridge when we we get that right, meeting right, set right. up <laughs> maybe maybe the real solution is to wait till till this podcast is a political force in the world <laughs> and then go back to episode four and say friends do you remember these things from the 90s? <laughs> the time is out. We have to act now if we're going to save anything from the 90s. <laughs> we'll be all old and, you know, whatever. And then we can go to the UN and 
they will accept us willingly, not skeptically. Because they'll be our age. And... Right. They'll all be our age. They'll all listen to the podcast. It, it'll be great. <laughs> and, and, and we will move this mountain. We'll be like follow-up time on the podcast. We'll bring up follow-up and be like, hey, episode four, guys. The time has come. We have to move. We'll record the podcast at the UN meeting. <laughs> Like, you all can be live attendees. We would all like you to be present for our follow-up <laughs> about episode four from 25 years ago. Yes, we will change this world for the better. <laughs> That's the great goal of this, of this endeavor. All right, sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till then. <laughs> Shelf that one. I like it. I like it. That's a, good, a project for later. Those are always good. I like sounds projects good. for later. Work. So, give me a second to <laughs> gather my thoughts on this now. Right, right. I, I mean, I can I can provide filler content if you need some time to gather your thoughts. I went to the store. I haven't been able to find my bubble gum lately. <laughs> like, I've been to the store several times, and my bubble gum has not been there. And it's been frustrating. Especially since the last pack I had I ruined on accident. Because we were at a family reunion, and there was a, a, a slide a wa- like a big blow up water slide like a balloon and I was c- convinced to get into the water and I thought I got everything important out of my pockets my phone <laughs> my keys my wallet forgot about my bubble gum <laughs> and I got back to my house and took the bubble gum out of my pocket and threw it away because <laughs> it was trashed <laughs> and I was so sad well thank you that was great filler content it didn't help me gather my thoughts at all because I was listening <laughs> to your story. Right, right, right. But, um Let's just jump right into it. I think thoughts will come as we discussed it. Okay. That's great. Um, but we both agreed on the topic that is for this section. And it's basically the, why do people like texting mm-hmm. so much? Especially in, you know, the 20 to 30s age group. I guess the younger kids probably like it too. I don't know. They like Snapchat and other things like that. But <laughs> Snapstagram. Snapstagram, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, I've always found texting very odd. Because especially back in the day when you were hitting the keys multiple times to get the letters. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you wanted the letter, you know, L. Well, no, you had to hit whatever key it was, two times to get to it, or you had to hit, to get F, you had to hit the number three, I think it was, three times. Anyways, yeah, very inefficient when right. it comes to trying to type words. Right, right. It's a little bit better now with smartphones, but it's always been super popular. Yeah. And it's really hard to send any form of long types of communication. And some people would argue, well, that's the point, is that it forces you to be brief. Right? Okay. You have to send really short things. You are only using it for simple reminders or simple conversations and that type of thing. Yeah. But there's people that have really long conversations on text messages regardless. Right. Anyways, right. That, that's not the thing that I find surprising. It's the fact that once a text is sent, there's... Mm. There's no way to organize the text content in a simple traditional text message system. So, for example, in like an email, 
this is something I do all the time. Someone sends me an, sends me an email with a reminder saying, hey, you know, can you send over that code or send over that document, yada, 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 whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. And I don't have time to do it right then, but I will go and unmark that email and say mark it as unread. Yeah. And so that I remember to go back and actually do it. Right. You can put emails into different categories and different boxes. Yeah. And all sorts of cool things with email. There's a programs you can download like Boomerang, which is awesome, mm-hmm. where you can send an email and you can say, if this person doesn't reply, put the email back in my inbox. So okay. I can say, if this person doesn't reply in three days, bring the email wow. back to me to remind me that they haven't followed up or okay. they haven't replied to this email. Yeah, yeah. So tons of awesome things with emails. You get to use keyboards with emails. Amazing. <laughs> you can sync it to your phone, so it's just as effective as a text, mm-hmm. right? But there's nothing like that with texting. I have not found any applications that right. I have found useful with texting for any type of organization. And so you're forced to read the text. And if you can't deal with the text right then, you have to make yourself... Some you have to either memorize it in your brain and remember you have to do it later or you have to like put it on your calendar or to-do list. And it's very annoying because you don't have any ways of intrinsically organizing the text messages effectively. Right. And so I don't understand why people like it, especially in work scenarios. I've had people that are like, oh, just text me. I'm like, for this? This is like a work problem, you know? <laughs> It's, uh, so I don't understand it. Maybe because I usually use communication for work, not for the whole social aspect right. in most cases. Mm, that's the problem right <laughs> but, there. <laughs> but still, do, do you have any ideas? Are there things you like about texting? Because there's nothing I like about texting. Is there something? Is there, <laughs> some, is there some saving grace that I'm not understanding to, um, great, or to texting? Um, uh, so recently... As I told you earlier, I've had a similar problem with this with this exact exact problem where I've tried to get away from my brain to interpret the the text system as like some way to organize the text system as a to do list, like people I need to text back and things I need to do. But the problem is quickly becoming the same problem that I have on my computer, where like or like my Facebook, where like I can use it for communication. But I'm on there every week and a half. Like I haven't right. been on, like I got on my Facebook yesterday, which was the first time in like a week that I'd been on Facebook. And so it's people who send me met actually it was more it was like two weeks or three weeks. Cause I had a message in there from like June and I was like, uh oops, sorry. Because people send these things to me and, and a lot of people treat the, the, the system, the messaging systems on Facebook as as like a text system. And I have this constantly recurring problem where I have things I need to get done and, and communications I need to make via text. But I have the same problem where they just kind of fall by the wayside. I had this, you texted me earlier this week and <laughs> uh, about about doing something, going out and playing tennis. And I, I looked at the text <laughs> and I meant to respond to it, but I was busy. So, I, or I didn't want to, I didn't want to mentally deal with it at that moment. Like I was doing something else. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, my brain to work on replying to that Mm -hmm. text so i just like closed my phone put it back in my pocket four days later i'm like oh right david texted me (laughs) 
about something three days ago. Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very sorry. And this is a constantly recurring problem that I also have that email does do a lot better. Same thing. I do the same thing with my email. It's I get messages. I look at all the messages. And if there's a message that I need to reply to but I can't reply to it at the moment, mark it as unread. It's at the top of the list every time. So I can see it and it's constantly there and it's constantly bugging me about how it needs to get done. Two, two side comments really quick. First of all, I actually really like Facebook's Messenger okay. because I have the app on my phone. Mm. And the thing I love about it, it doesn't have the whole organization thing, but it pops up with the person's face when, you, when they send you a message. Okay. And so if you can't reply to them right then, you can leave their little face on your phone. Right. So the next time you open up your phone, there's a little bubble with their face on it. And then you go, oh, yeah, I need to respond to that person okay. as soon as possible because they, they can also see that you read it. So that's a minor thing I don't like. <laughs> I really don't like that. <laughs> but but it, I like that you can say, oh, yes, reminder right here, person I need to talk to is on my phone okay. so I can see it right away. Okay. Whereas once you've read a text, like if it's you don't make gone. note, it's gone. Yeah. But the other comment I wanted to make, and maybe this by itself could be another discussion point. Okay, okay. I don't understand how anyone can leave their inbox of email with like thousands of unread messages. <laughs> that drives me nuts. Absolutely nuts. It's chaos. I don't understand. Madness. How does how does your brain use any useful information from your email if it has thousands of unread messages? Right, right, right. I don't get that. Even if like I don't want to read the email or find it useless, mm -hmm. I just click on it and go back out so that it right. looks read or yeah. delete it. Yeah, or, or I'll have a big long list. And I'll, I know that none of them, I don't need any of them. Highlight all, mark is read, done. Yeah. I, don't need, I don't even have to look at the emails. It's so fast, it's so easy <laughs> to mark them all as read. Yeah, so maybe we'll need to discuss the weird intricacies of people's email behavior later. But, <laughs> but I agree. I, there's, there's so many more effective ways of organization of making sure you can communicate effectively with people. And texting seems like the bottom of that list in many, many aspects. Right. The, the one nice thing about it, compared to messenger systems like Facebook's or WhatsApp and those types of things, I've tried a lot of those. I don't like the fact that people can see that you've read it, like yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, I may be busy, but I don't, I'm not trying to offend the person. Right. It's, it's much more... It's much more psychologically appealing to a person if they see that the person hasn't read the message. They just say, oh, they're busy. Rather right. than they see that you've read it and they still didn't reply. <laughs> it still means they're busy, but it's, it's a lot more like, like oh, you rude. <laughs> like it. You didn't right, have time. Right. You didn't have time to read my important message. Like, how dare you? <laughs> my important cat video that I sent you. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So yeah. I guess my question is, should we improve texting? Because a lot of people seem to like it. Right. Or do we force texting to be abolished and find a better system <laughs> that people have to texting. switch to? <laughs> I mean, we could just abolish texting. I wouldn't mind. I'm not, I, I'm not a good person to ask this question. Oh, no. iPhone 11. SMS. Not supported. Not supported. <laughs> They already, they already got rid of the, like, headphone jack and stuff, right? So might as well just right. get rid of yeah. functionality yeah. in the phone. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Although I do have thoughts on Facebook Messenger. 
and you're not going to be happy about the first one. Okay. It doesn't work on my phone. <laughs> so that's a bother. Like, it's so slow that it bogs my whole system down, and I just I just immediately got rid of it. I was like, nope, not dealing with Facebook Messenger. This, this goes back to a previous conversation that you may want to consider <laughs> getting a new phone. But anyways, continue. I, I know, I know. The The thing that I strive for with my phone, my computer, though, is no notifications. And when the face pops up in the middle of what I'm doing, like I'm doing something <laughs> on my girlfriend's phone and it's like, Ba-doink! and it like does the whole message like right in my face. I'm like, excuse you. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> I will get to you, little bubble, when I am done with my with my research on car logos, because that's what we were talking about one time. Like, I don't, I don't need, I am not talking to you right now. It infuriates me that I, that it just like messages and like people trying to get my attention via these things bothers me so much. Unfairly, unfairly. This is, this is just strong feelings that I personally have. And it's not, it's not fair to put this on everyone else, but like I leave my phone on silent sometimes for long stretches of time just so that I don't have to like deal with ding 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 in the middle of whatever I'm doing if I'm playing a game if I'm if I'm hanging out with somebody else if I'm if I'm with my girlfriend just sitting around on the couch and she's working on projects and I'm just sitting there like I don't want to be bothered I can't be bothered with stuff like that like I'll get to that when I have time to get to that I I will agree with you that the popping up of the Facebook symbol is a little annoying because mm-hmm. I'd rather check it like you said on my time right, right. but I'm willing to trade that for the other inconveniences mm. that texting gives. Okay, yeah. But I agree with you on the silent thing as well. I have like a do not disturb mode set for my phone after like 10 o'clock to 5 oh. o'clock in the morning. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's essentially worthless because I've realized that I leave my phone on silent pretty much permanently. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I will definitely not get disturbed. But, I mean, I probably won't get disturbed anyway because I never look at the thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's... It's funny. There's been multiple times because I always make sure I turn it on silent when I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's been many times where I've gone in the morning to class, my classroom, mm-hmm. and my phone's still on silent from the previous day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I never bothered to turn this off. <laughs> right, right. So, well, I don't know. I, I I take a very strong stance on that, but that's because like I care very strongly about my attention. And, like, I only have so much attention to give. I only have so much time to give. And gosh by golly, I don't want to be spending all my time with useless messages. And (laughs) I don't know. It's also that, like, it's not fair. It's not fair. I'm being unfair to everyone and everything. It's not fair. (laughs) I I agree with that methodology, though, of the Facebook Messenger using that as a... As a reminder, that's great. I really like that. I don't know. I didn't think of that before. I think the only problem I have with that is that it does pop up. Mm-hmm. Like if it would, if it would only pop up when I turned on my phone, like that would be good. Like it's like I turn on my phone, all the pop-ups come, and then I can respond to each of them individually, or ignore all of them and keep doing whatever I'm doing on my phone. Yeah. I I think I could, I could get on board with that. I don't know. I have a lot of, a lot of interesting feelings in this regard, but I'm I I'm not a great person to ask this question because I I do take a very strong stance that like I don't want anything to bother me. Like my email's the best because it is clear like what I need to respond to and what I don't and I can save that in in a meaningful format. Texting is just 
I lose so much via my text, but but the problem is is that so many things are coming up on text, work stuff and and important social stuff and and important reminders, you know, they and important questions, they're all coming up. And the problem with putting your phone on silent all the time is that you're not available. You lose that availability that the cell phone does gain gain you. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. if somebody needs your help immediately. Like I had the same problem the other night. My sister like needed my help with something. Didn't see the message till like four hours later. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm so sorry. But I just, I can't help it because that's how my phone is. Like, I just choose not to look at my phone. So it sounds like you haven't thought about a solution per se as much as I have because I've (laughs) I've pondered on this quite a bit. So you've got, okay, you've got ideas. So, well, let me give you my my short term solution that I actually use. Okay, yeah. Um, So you may have noticed that my phone number changed a little bit ago. Yeah. And so I've been actually using Google Voice. Okay. And part of this is because Google Voice works on the computer. Right. Which is beautiful because it means I can use a keyboard, <laughs> which is lovely. I agree. Um, but the other reason is that kind of the problem you were stating, I would sometimes turn my phone off the silent mode or on to whatever <laughs> normal mode is, I guess. I don't know what that's called. Right, right. Turn, turn it regular. off. Turn off the silent mode. Yeah. And... Um, it didn't matter though if people were trying to reach me, because I sit, I sit in a dead spot oh, really? in my research lab, <laughs> and like my phone has no bars anyways, so it only gets Wi-Fi, so it only gets the emails, which is what I can see anyways on the computer. <laughs> so it wasn't helping me. Right, right. So I got Google Voice because I can use the keyboard, and I can send over Wi-Fi. Okay. So I don't have to have cell service, which is awesome. Yeah. So I've been telling people to use that number instead because if they need to text me for any reason and for emergencies especially, yeah, then I can see it more quickly because I'm already working on the computer and it pops up as a little notification on the computer, which is much less distracting than having to pull out my phone every once in a while and say, oh, did anyone text me? No, I'll put it back. Right. You know? And so that's way more effective. But the one problem still that's a problem with texting is there's no way to organize it. Mm-hmm. So what I've done with Google Voice is it has like on the side all your different text messages and then the actual messages in the center window. Okay. So I've just like tried to scroll that bar over or slide that window over so I can see <laughs> as much of the text as possible. And then I just yeah. kind of guess what their text message is about without actually <laughs> reading it. So I can leave it unmarked and then I can the, yeah, go back to it when I can and can deal with it but yeah yeah it it's all based right now on my ability to guess people's text message content purely off of the first couple <laughs> words in the text message <laughs> do you feel this has worked out well for you it actually has worked pretty well all things yeah, considering yeah. I, I don't really see many problems it's pretty easy to guess what people are texting you about like unless it's like some random number it's like sure i know what they're talking yeah. about you know i text you are we still good for of course we're still good for the podcast <laughs> we're always good for the podcast yeah, of course, those types of ones are pretty quick to respond to. But That's true. Yeah. That's true. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and then I just get back to work right away. So right, it's right. worked out pretty well for me. I don't think that's the, the global long-term solution no, that no, people no. learn to predict other people's text <laughs> messages so they don't have to look at them beforehand. Right, leave right. Them yeah, yeah. I guess my real solution is just why don't we allow text systems to be organized like emails? Okay. 
Because obviously some people don't organize their emails and don't care to. Yeah. yeah. But for those of us like me (laughs) that need to have organization and structure (laughs) in their life to have any type of functionality, why why are you not providing those capabilities in the text message system? Well, and I, I can see it would be pretty easy. You just, like, take a message, highlight that message specifically or... Or that text string, that that string of messages, and just take that and like have a checkbox where you can just check it, and that checkbox marks it as like a come back to this. Like it basically looks like it's unread all of a sudden, but you know you've read it. You know you know what it says already because you 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 have the first couple words, and you just whoop, and then it'll be at the top of your feed forever. Actually, you know one thing I started to do for people that I needed to text. But I hadn't texted in a while, you know, because it's organized by, like, who you've had your last contact with. Mm-hmm. So, like, you were at the top, and then and then there's my girlfriend, and then there's, you know, on and on and on my mom and, and whoever else I was texting. And one thing that I do to put people at the top of my feed to remember to text them back is I'll, I'll start typing a draft. I'll, I'll write up some kind of draft, like, hey. <laughs> and then it comes to the top, and... The problem is that it says draft hey instead of (laughs) what the content of the message is. But I can see the person and I know what they need. Hmm. So that's another short-term solution that I've been using. I like that. That is tricky. Yeah. That is clever. Thank you. Thank you. All all your text messages start with, hey, man, I saw your text. Dot, 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 dot. (laughs) (laughs) Even even if it's your mom. Hey, man, I saw your text. Hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that would be... If I can figure out a way to do, like, pre-recorded texts, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, like highlight the, the, the text box for me to put text into. Mm-hmm. Highlight the text box and then have a list drop up, pop up of most common responses. <laughs> like, okay, you got it. I'll be there. All these, like, responses that I could just select one and send it. And then I don't have to deal with the swipe function on my keyboard that always guesses exactly the wrong thing every single time. <laughs> Not every single time. But it feels like every single time when it's four times in a row. My phone actually does that. But I don't like it because it doesn't let you edit. So if you if you use the most uh, common response, like, okay, you can't put anything after that. You can't that. put any extra. So it's, like, oh. uh, so it's okay. essentially useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem. You need pre... You, you need to be able to determine your own pre-recorded responses it's it's funny that you mentioned that though because since i've been using google voice i've been also using an app called trello okay have you heard of this app before Uh, i've heard the word before but it's one of those online organization systems not surprisingly (laughs) yeah where you you basically have little boxes that are like to-do lists yeah i think they call them cards or decks or something i can't remember okay and under each one of those you can put individual tasks yeah, yeah, and you can put comments on the tasks, and you can add files and all these things for organization. Okay, I really like it for a lot of things. Okay, one of the things I have been using it for the most is I put people's names on the Trello cards, and then I put common things I need to tell them or like responses I give to them in the Trello cards <laughs> or like messages. Right. Sometimes I'll like pre-type a message in there to make sure it's all worded correctly, and then I'll copy it and paste it. Into, into Google the, Voice. Into the Google and send it as yeah. a message. So it's been really nice. It's really helpful. Like <laughs> if I'm constantly talking to someone about, you know, 
going to play ultimate frisbee or something. I just have like the, the generic version of inviting someone to go play or <laughs> to go play ultimate frisbee, and then I'll just copy and paste it over right, into right. the text message and adjust it if needed. Just, right, like change the name maybe, like <laughs> yeah. put, put a name in there. So that's actually worked really well. So I like, okay. I okay. love having the computer available for texting because it just makes it so much easier. <laughs> but you, we just need. I would be just tremendously happy if someone would simply add a mark is unread button to yes. text messages. Yes. There's so many other things you could do, but that one would make it 90% <laughs> better than it already Right. Is. Well, then, I, then I'd then i be on par with email because that's all that email <laughs> affords me is the ability. Well, and also the social pressure, like the social standing of the email. Like email is actual like mail, so I can I feel like I can respond to it whenever. But like right. texts are like, I treat them almost as like, I try, well, there's two ways you can treat them. They sit kind of in the middle of like a conversation and an email. They sit in the middle between those two. And I treat them more like an email. Whereas people generally want me to treat it more like, yeah. a, like a conversation. Like, hey, right. I, I have this question. Answer it right now. Not when you feel like they, it. They want it to be synchronous. But it's right. supposed to be asynchronous. Right. All digital communications should be asynchronous. Right. In my mind. Short, short of short of video calls, actual calls yeah. via the... That's true. That'd be a little weird. <laughs> you Skype someone, they're just ignoring you the entire time. Right. <laughs> right. Or you or you, you Skype a message and then and you wait for their response. Skype message via your Skype messaging system. Like you send a video message and then they send a video message back. I couldn't think of anything <sighs> more painful. Have you used Marco Polo? No. Okay, this will be its own conversation. We don't have time right now. <laughs> that may be the only thing I like less than texting is Marco Polo. Really? It's exactly what you just described. It's asynchronous video chat. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to see their face if I have to. I'm not talking to them. <laughs> exactly. Right this moment. Exactly. I'm glad you understand. Oh, it's so painful. Oh. I mean, I mean, it does solve some problems. Like tone and communication of tone, but I feel like if you just text somebody enough, like you get the tone pretty quick. Yeah. And then if there's a concern, there's a question. You sound like a jerk in one text. You just bring it to your friend. You're like, "Hey, friend, what did you mean when you sent this to me?" Yeah. And then they'll be able to explain it. You don't need to have a video. Well, we we have to talk anyway, about that later. There's so time, many beats I have that I can't <laughs> I can't describe it right now. Right, right. I understand. I understand. But again, there's plenty of things you could do to make texting better. There's just a really simple one of add the mark as unread button. Unread button. That's all we need. If someone could get on that, that'd be great. Right. Because I would would be a hundred times happier in my communication with the world. That would. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think so. I think that would be just right. Short of total social (laughs) upheaval and changing. How we well, view the world. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that would work too. I was thinking more like Google predictive analytics that will text for you when you don't feel like texting. <laughs> like a message Ooh. comes and like Google has seen you text this person enough times that like they just kind of know what you're probably gonna say, and so they they provide like a little box, like you have your text box or you have another box that's already like a pre written message, <laughs> and you can select the pre written message and it'll just send it. <laughs> I like that. Then, then I could remove myself entirely from the world, <laughs> and everyone would just be communicating with a robot that's set up to sound like me. Right, a robot that communicates exactly like you do via text. It's it's perfect. I think I'd prefer that. I think I'd prefer that. That'd be nice. If right. if it was good, if it if it was better than their swipe feature, man, the Google's keyboard swipe 
<laughs> Some days, I type asbestos, and you know what it does? It puts an A. <laughs> like, Google, at least put enough letters to make for how many swipes I did. I did, like, a whole, like, ten swipes, and you put one letter. If we could get the robot responding like us well enough, mm-hmm. that'd be great, because then I could just spend the rest of my time playing Windows 98 games on that cloud server. <laughs> <laughs> right, on the, on the data center cloud server that's also running Google Voice systems because immensely powerful yes it's the end of the data center to end all data centers <laughs> <laughs> of course like i mean what is a data center short of just a place to hold digital information and that's all we're doing we're holding all the digital information and it'll solve all the problems and then we don't have to talk ever again <laughs> and then that we'll just beautiful. have robots texting back and forth to each other <laughs> <laughs> and we will do exactly what we do you will show up to my house ready to go for the podcast Saturday morning. Either way, because Google will already put it in your calendar. It'll say, okay, well, you've got this thing scheduled for this time and this thing scheduled for this time. And it'll only consult you if there's a conflict. Like, oh, hey, you got somebody who wants to do this and somebody who wants to do this. And eventually it'll also learn, like, when you want to do what. Yeah. And pretty soon... Perfect. We we will just... We will just... Do what we want. We will just we will just follow the schedule that is laid out for us by Google that has been con- constructed. Like there's there's appointments and then there's free time. You got to make your appointments because Google told them that you'd be there. But your free time is yours to do with what you wish. And it sounds like to people that are listening that this may be like constraining because it's making all these appointments for you. But you save so much more time because no one you don't have to take the time to communicate with people to make those appointments. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you'll it, it, it's no, no. This is it's perfect. It's a self learning system and it'll it'll solve the great problems that we truly have in this world. And then I can play Batman all day. 